Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. My guest tonight is somebody special to me because she has helped me in so many ways. It is Kim Gottlieb Walker, and she was the on-set photographer for the original 1978 Halloween as well as Halloween 2 from 1981. And she has also provided the uh, actual photographs that she has taken from the books. I mean, from the films for my book which is going to be titled the ultimate halloween movie experience michael myers the man the monster the madness and i thank you so much kim how are you doing tonight i'm hanging in there it's great to be here awesome i'm so glad to have you on and i i mean i know uh your agent is my agent eric and uh he has uh put us in touch for an interview that is also going to be included in the book which is super exciting and uh and uh, of course our book cover is the uh is a collage of the images that you uh, used for uh, like you know that you've taken and uh also they're inside the book and i'm really excited how this book is shaping up and i really owe you a really a debt of gratitude for that because i'm really appreciative oh it's my pleasure Thank you so much. So the first question I do got for you is, how did you get your start in the film photography? Well, my my mother worked as a photographer's assistant when she was before she got married. And uh, my father was interested in photography, too. And um, when I went off to college at Berkeley for my freshman year, my mother gave me her her little fixed lens 35 millimeter camera to take with me. And that's when the free speech movement happened. So I ended up documenting the free speech movement, which was my first taste of journalistic photography. And after my freshman year, halfway into my sophomore year, I realized that I didn't really have a major at Berkeley. I didn't want to major in rat psychology. Uh, And I absolutely loved. So I decided to transfer to UCLA and major in motion picture production. Okay. Uh, guest speakers who would come to the campus like Dr. Spock and Shirley Chisholm. (laughs) um, uh, I had a wonderful time in the film department and I started shooting rock and roll and shooting interviews that my teacher at film school would would conduct for the underground press and I put together kinds of popular culture of the day and (laughs) Jimi Hendrix and all kinds of interesting things. Nice. then uh, I was living in Laurel Canyon, okay. and my next-door neighbor was uh, a girl named Trina Mitchum. She was Robert Mitchum's daughter, who occasionally shot photographs for films, was a set photographer, and uh, she had been invited to do a film. She had seen my portfolio, and mm-hmm. she asked the writer-director if he would look at my portfolio, and he hired me. And so that was the first movie. It's never even released. Nice. So what was the movie again? Because you cut out there for a second. Oh, um, the movie was, I'm not sure what the final title was. It was either The Good Time Band. Okay. And it starred uh, Wolfman Jack and Lane Caudell and Deborah Raffin. Nice terrible (laughs) the script supervisor on it was deborah hill okay and the director of photography was dean cundy okay and that's awesome that's awesome so it had a a wonderful crew it just had a terrible script (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so um 
So how did you happen to get involved uh, to being the on-set photographer of the original 1978 film? And how did it happen to get bring you brought back for Halloween 2 in 81? Well, um, Deborah, as a script supervisor, uh, went on to work with John. Mm -hmm. And um, he recognized in her the qualities that it takes to make a really good producer. You know, very detail-oriented and very efficient and really good-natured. And... <laughs> So when the two of them wrote Halloween, and it was up to Deborah as the producer to put together a crew, she remembered the people that she had worked with on that previous film. Okay. So she brought me in, she brought in Dean Cundy and Ray Stella, and um, uh, we ended up having this terrific crew. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and it, became, it became like a little family. Right. We were John's extended family, and working with him, was like working on a project with all your best friends. Right, absolutely. And uh, I know John Carpenter wasn't the main director of the second Halloween, um, but uh, I know he did fill in for some parts of it. Um, was that how you got brought back? Because John was also brought back for that? No, well, John and Deborah produced it. Right. And so she, they hired their, their crew that they knew okay. was a reliable crew. And right. even though it had a different director, we all know how to work with each other. We, mm -hmm. we did the adjustment process before each <laughs> shot where each person could find the place that they could do their, their job from. And, mm -hmm. but the atmosphere was very different. Right. Yeah. So what were the atmospheres between the two films? Well, the atmosphere on Halloween was, <laughs> was always fun. It was always fun. Um, we all enjoyed each other's company. Right. John appreciated his crew. He appreciated every single member of his crew and right. valued us for what we were bringing to his project, to helping him make his vision. Mm -hmm. And so we all, we all felt appreciated and we all had a wonderful time. And right. John has a very mischievous sense of humor. And <laughs> uh, so there was a, a lot of laughter on the set. Nice. And um, I didn't even have blimps when I made Halloween to, to silence my cameras. Mm -hmm. So occasionally there'd be a scene where, uh, because of the click, I couldn't really shoot during the scene, oh. and you know, quite often the actors would just reenact it for me. Mm -hmm. There were even times where, um, for instance, when Annie dies in the car, Nancy mm -hmm. Loomis, um, the only angle you could get that shot was through the window of the car, and the movie mm -hmm. camera took up the whole window. So I said to John, John, be sure to let me have this one. And so once they got it in the can, he said, okay, pull the camera out and let, let Kim do one. Do, do it over again for Kim. Mm -hmm. And he let me kind of direct it a little bit so that I could get exactly the angles that I needed. Nice. And there were, there were no egos on the show. You know, the actors were all young and, and enthusiastic. And, mm -hmm. and I know Jamie felt a little insecure after the first day. And so when John called her that night to tell her how terrific she was, she was so relieved because she thought he was calling to fire her. It's funny you mention that because Jamie Lee Curtis wrote the foreword to the book and uh, she mentions that story in the book, in the foreword. <laughs> she was terrific. She was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And all, all the actors were so cooperative and so enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So what about Halloween 2? What was the atmosphere like there? How was it different? Well, um, the director was, it was his first time directing a feature. He was mm -hmm. out of AFI 
and um, he didn't have John's sense of humor, mm -hmm. and he had a much stricter pecking order. Um, and so uh, I don't think he really understood how important the stills were to promoting mm -hmm. the film. And he didn't understand what I was doing on the set. <laughs> so um, when the adjustment process would happen, like if Ray Stella, the camera operator, would look through the camera before they started to shoot a scene and say, Kim, I'm catching your reflection in the glass, move a little bit to one side. And so I'd shift a few inches and he'd say, that's it, that's fine. But if if Rick heard anyone mention my name, he'd kick me off the set. Wow. So I was being kicked off the set fairly often, which was very frustrating. I bet. But, um, but I love John and Deborah, and I wanted to do the best I could for them. And I did the best I could under the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. Um, so... Do you have any memories from being like on set from behind the scenes that you would like, or any stories that you would like to share? Well, just that John truly understood how important the stills would be. Mm -hmm. And so he always made sure that I could get the shots that I wanted. And yeah. uh, often he would, if he was working with the actors, it was where the light was good. Um, right. Or I had him trained over, over the period of a few films. I had him and Dean Cundy pretty well trained that if nothing was happening at that moment and I was there with my camera, that if they at least pointed, it would give me a picture. Mm -hmm. yep. So there are a lot of pictures of them pointing. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite yeah. one is with John and Dean on the camera dolly during Escape from New York, I'm pointing in opposite directions. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and the, the stills have become iconic. Like, look, I mean, just from my book alone, look what, like, the stills that we use. Like, Michael Myers being on fire. You know, these stills are, are iconic, and you didn't think it back then because who knew that Halloween was going to be this massive hit, you know, and become loved 40-plus years later, you know? Um, and these stills and these these photographs, like it's history that is forever living on. Like for God's sakes, we're going into like what the fifteenth Halloween movie coming out this year. Well, I think I think one of the most important jobs of a set still photographer mm -hmm. is to be the set historian. Yeah. And um, I I I wish more directors understood that mm -hmm. because uh, yeah. you know fifty years down the line. You know, yeah. you have a, a record of the making of the film, which is yeah. very valuable, I think. Absolutely. And when you release nowadays, when you release a Blu-ray and a DVD or whatever, you, you know, you have the making of documentary type of thing. You know, people want to see that. I love the behind the scene content. I love watching behind the scene, you know, stuff and, and that because it, it's really fascinating to see how is this done like that death scene might look very complex but it might be really simple to do or it might be look very like oh that looks so easy to do but it's very complex with the with all the takes to it you know and yeah. and that was the beauty beauty of the original halloween you can make the movie without an ounce of blood and you have a still a scary movie because stuff like that it happens there's a stalker watching your every move before he strikes and it's not about the blood and gore it's about right. the yes exactly that john john was modeling what he was doing on hitchcock he wanted mm -hmm. he wanted to prime people and and take yep. them off guard and there was always enough humor 
so that when when the jack-in-the-box hit it always took people by surprise yeah absolutely and that's what i absolutely loved about it was it wasn't a it wasn't a jump scare type of movie it wasn't a blood and gore type of movie it was a psychological horror it was it was meant to be like holy crap he's watching me he's what he's watching this person in the window it makes you want to look out your window and see who's watching me <laughs> it, it it really messes with the mind because that stuff happens people are stalked we've seen celebrities get stalked like this before like, but it, I think that's why John doesn't mind when people remake his movies. Right. Because none of them have his knack. Right. For creating the suspense and paying yeah. it off, keeping yeah. audiences on the edge of their seats. Right. And I and I might get a lot of hate for this, but I like Rob Zombie's 2007 Halloween, but it never lights a candle to the original. I I could watch now with Rob Zombie's Halloween. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. You know, if it's on TV. But if I want to, if I'm like, I'm in the mood to watch a Halloween movie, the one that I go to is either 78s or 81s. Those are the two that I go to. Those are the two that I love the most. And th those are near and dear to me. Those, I mean, for God's sakes, Halloween is, is the one that it goes to. When I was in a, um, in a uh, class, and I think it was like in college, I was taking a class called The Movies. We had to watch one movie from every genre. The first movie they were, we did was the horror genre, and it was Halloween. They're like, if I have to tell you why this is the first movie we are watching in this class, then you shouldn't be in this class. <laughs> Because I wasn't a film major, it took it from a humanities elective. But they told us about it because they we, we, we I, um they, they wanted us to like kind of watch the movie and kind of predict what's going to happen, kind of read it and tell like and then like we would have a test after the movie and it would be like what what did you notice about this? Did you notice this happened or whatever? Like one of the questions was, did you notice something when Michael was behind the bushes that wasn't supposed to be on film? John Carpenter's cigarette smoke. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's how i learned about that like there was just it was a very fun class and we learned about the history of cinema and it was just it was something and i mean like i said the first movie we watched was halloween like if i have to tell you why this movie is the first one we're watching then you should not be in this class and ob for obvious reasons it is a iconic an iconic movie absolutely none of us realized that it would be a classic yeah but when Deborah first screened it, she screened it at USC mm -hmm. uh, before it was released, and the students put it down. They said, you know, why you had a chance to make a movie and you made this piece of garbage? And so she proved them wrong. Yeah, they're eating their words now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what was it like working with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? Oh, she's such a sweetheart. Um, the first day or two, it seemed to me that maybe she was feeling a little hesitant about the still camera. Mm -hmm. And I, I attributed that to the fact that she came from such a high-profile Hollywood family. Yeah. And so maybe they were used to, you know, trying to avoid paparazzi and privacy mm -hmm. was an issue. But I left my portfolio in her Winnebago. So she got to see the pictures of Jimi Hendrix and Bob Marley and all, all the different stuff I had done. And boy, the next day and for the rest of the shoot, if we were just standing by the side of the set and the light was good, she would fake a scream for me or, nice. you know, it was, it was fabulous. It was just nice. wonderful. And she is still just as nice a person 
to this day she's just a lovely human being that's awesome and it's funny because like she would fake a scream for you i mean having a scream queen fake a scream like she can do it without any without even trying like she is the iconic scream queen and i can only imagine you know um like, I mean, obviously this is like, like we mentioned, this is her first movie. She didn't, she was worried how she did. Like she thought she was getting fired. And I mean, this is her first movie and her mother's Janet Lee, you know, it's like, she has like, it's like, uh, this is my first movie, but this is who my mother is. Like, this is why I got the movie really, you know? And she ended up, you know, making a, a career out of it. And the funny, funniest part is she's gone on record stating she's not a horror movie fan. No, actually I'm not either to tell you the truth. <laughs> it was just the luck of the draw that the yeah. film I ever worked on that got released was Halloween. Right. Absolutely. So the last question I do got for you is um, I know that you have a few books in the works. So do you want to tell us a bit about them? Where can the listening and viewing audience purchase them and just let us know a little bit about that and anything else you want to plug? Ah, well, my book about working with John Carpenter is called on set with John Carpenter. Nice. That's it. Nice. Um, and it can be, you can get it on Amazon or you can order it through any bookstore. I prefer when people buy it through bookstores because I really like to support bookstores. Yeah. Well, they're kind of an endangered species. Mm -hmm. um, and my career has been so varied because besides working with John, um, you know, I had worked on the rock and roll and with music groups mm -hmm. and the underground press before. And then afterward, when, when John and Deborah got me into the union, into the Cinematographers Guild, I started working on television and I worked on Cheers for nine years and Family Ties for five years. And I worked on, you know, some of the pilots for Star Trek Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. It was just such a wonderful, varied, fun career that many people said, well, why don't you write a book about it? So at one point I said, okay, I'm going to write a book, but in order to make it fun for me to write and to give it a through line, I made it a romance. Nice. So I have a romance novel that's called Lens Woman, and it's about a girl photographer in the late 60s and early 70s, and a romance with a writer-director. It's not John, although some of John's <laughs> behavior on the set where he would make sure that I could get the shot, you know, and make room for me when it was a tight situation. Um, or have people, you know, redo things for me. Some of his wonderful behavior on the set, I incorporated into my hero. That's awesome. So it's it's a really fun read. And uh, and Eric Miller at 3i Books is uh, representing it. And uh, he got a bite, so we'll see what happens. That's exciting. And uh, yeah, and I, I want to thank Eric, you know, personally and publicly, you know, for setting this interview up and for doing everything he's done for me because he's done a lot for me. And I'm going to let you know now, um, you know, my book coming out, um, aiming for late summer, early fall, um, but it's uh, it's called um, The Ultimate Halloween Movie Experience, Michael Myers, The Man, The Monster, The Madness. And I'm going to let you know that this is not the this is not the only book I'm going to have out. I already have five out before, but uh, this uh, this is the first book I have out um, under agency with Eric. And uh, we are also in talks, which I can't go into detail about, but uh, we are in talks of working together again for future books. And we are going to be releasing other stuff so definitely stay tuned for that eric is a great guy and he's done so much help for me for kim you know even though kim really didn't need the help she's so she's iconic <laughs> but uh, i thank you so much kim for joining me it's been an honor and i truly appreciate and thank you so much for letting me use those uh classic images for my book i i, I can't thank you enough 
Oh, well, it's, it's my pleasure. It was really lovely seeing you and thank you having this conversation. Absolutely. And I, I'll, now once I finish this up, I got to, you know, get this interview, you know, a little edited up a little bit by volume and all that and upload it. And once I do that, I got to get to work and get this interview transcribed because I have a due date of tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, I thank you, Kim. You have a great rest of your night. You too. Thank you. Bye.